Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling In podcast. As always, my name is Jacob Staten and I'm joined, as per usual, by JJ Armstrong. JJ, talk to me, how are you? I um, I think I've been riding the wave since Tuesday. I feel literally on top of the world. Uh, I'm excited, nervous, anxious, buzzing. I just, every single word to describe, just sheer jubilation right now. So I'm, I'm feeling very good. How are you? I am what can only be described as top of the shop. I think. Nice. Nice. Top of the shop. Um before we before we dive in, what are you what are you sipping back on, supping back on? I'll admit I'm on the water again tonight. I've, oh. this is I've since last Tuesday I've drank every single night. Um so I need to rest the liver ahead of a trip to He's Wembley on I've got a problem, but also ahead of a, a trip to Wembley at the weekend. Uh because Jacob, I don't know if you've heard, but we are going to Wembley. What? We're going to Wembley. What are you drinking? Uh, I've got a 1079 project, which is the Audi fake cop house, which is most delicious. Uh, if you've not tried one of that cop house, tuck in. Not sponsored. All but the shops are available. Not sponsored. All the shops are, are available, but none are better than Audi. So uh, diving. So obviously, it's been quite a while since we last recorded. I think um, we were supposed to get an episode in before Bournemouth and Hall or after Bournemouth or Hall, whatever. Um I was unwell, so apologies for that. So we've got a lot to catch up on. So Jacob, do you want to take it away and just have a quick deep dive into where we uh, sort of left off? Yeah, so we left off and we were going into a second place decider almost really with Bournemouth. Um, I think, I, I, you know, lots of things have happened since and, uh, you know, how bad for not recording, but I think we can kind of glaze over this by saying that I thought in the first half, for me, it was it was really almost a 10 out of 10 first off, but apart from the lack of a goal, um, Sorridge hit the crossbar, where everyone cleared off the line. I, ju- I just think we were playing really well. Um, we came out in the second half and I was still struggling to kind of process whether we didn't come out in the second half or whether a different Bournemouth team showed up. Um, and I'm not sure if I'll ever process which one of those two is is that, is that what actually happened. But yeah, I... I haven't been that disappointed with a Forest team under Cooper in the second as the second half against Bournemouth just because they weren't able to really we didn't really carve anything out and the goal we conceded was was uh oh that's this way I I you know I imagined Steve Cooper wanted to kick a hairdryer at someone or a boot at someone like Alex Ferguson so yeah I think it's probably best if we if we glaze over that at the end of that second half against Bournemouth and, and straight straight into Hull where it was a a standard last game of the season that means nothing performance. Um, it's kind of buzzing my tits off when we got the penalty, which was definitely a penalty. And it, um, and then they got the other end of the pitch. And it, yeah, it's one of them goals. I think pro- possibly, I mean, I may just be saying this for, I've, I've seen it a couple of times. I think Keen Lewis Potter was offside and definitely interferes with, pe- inter- interferes with play. Um, it may have been an interesting, interesting look at with VAR, but you know, Ultimately, it didn't mean anything, and it, it led us to fourth place, JJ, it, which it led did. us to a get a succulent Ooh. playoff first leg with Sheffield United. Talk yes, to me. yeah. So when we scored that goal against Hull, um, I was pretty excited. I just there was one team out of the four that it could be. Well, there was actually a few that it could be at the time, but uh, the way it was set up at the end of the game, it was either Sheffield United or Luton. Um, and I'll be honest, the one team out of them, I, d- I don't want to face Sheffield United. Uh, bad memories, 
got a lot of mates who are Sheffield United fans. If you've listened to the podcast for, before, you know that. Um, I just, I just want one of those that filled me a bit with worry and a bit of dread. But you know what? It is what it is. We concede against Hull. I think it was fate. Um, and for the first leg, I think I was extremely nervous. I think um, ahead of the game, I, f- I threw up a few times. One of them, literally <laughs> pathetic. Uh, but it just felt absolutely massive. Um, but I, I, you know, <clears throat> it was one of those performances that was just unreal. Um, that that Forest performance, particularly in the first half, was just incredible. And I, and I think. Really, looking back, you know, we could have scored four or five in that game. We could have really just buried the tie. Um, I would have preferred it that way because we'll talk about it later, but the second leg got a bit nervous at, at a few points. Um, but, you know, the, the credit of this team just to come out in such a big occasion uh, at a hostile ground that they're, they're a club that do have a lot of fans, very similar to us in many ways, a lot of history riding on it, you know, the pressure that was on their shoulders, I think they completely rose to it in that first leg. Should have been four or five, um, but it, it wasn't. Um, the last goal did really feel like a dampener. Um, the one goal deficit keeps them in it and did keep them in it, as we we're about to discuss. But just all in all, just felt really proud and a bit amazed that we've got to play our first leg and we actually rose to the occasion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first goal goes in. I felt first half, it was probably the best half of, 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 a, of a performance. I'm not going to say the best half of football, but the best half of a performance that I've seen for a long, long time. And that, you know, that includes all the really good ones under Cooper. I just thought we were perfect. Um, should have scored three, four, five. That wouldn't have been an exaggeration. Not to me. Um, great to see Colback popping up with a goal. Um, we were fluid. We were flying. Um, it, yeah, it can't say any more than that. And, and I think going into the second half, of course, Sheffield United came out with the tails up. They've, you know, they've, it's a playoff semi-final. They've got to get, get back into the game. And mm. for us to for us to hold them off and for, you know, Joe Lolly, great work winning that ball back. Um, bit of luck with the rebound, but absolutely no luck at all with Brandon Johnson's finish. Incredible Perfect. finish, yeah. And, and it, was, it was a real... And obviously this comes to fruition more when we discussed the second leg, but it was a real sliding doors moment for me because... We were in um, Huddle in town, East Three Squares, and full of Forest fans. And it was, uh, there was no, normally this kind of, any kind of football match, you're in town, there's always, a, no matter how high or low it is, there's always an undercurrent of, you know, there's something could kick off that thing. And there was none of that. This is the first time that everyone in that pub was all pulling in the same direction. And I remember when that second goal went in, I remember grabbing hold of Jordan Kimberley looking him square in the face and screaming, we're actually going to Wembley, aren't we? And his yeah. response was just, was, uh, uh, yeah, yes, basically, <laughs> uh, before he knocked four pints of lager everywhere and the bar staff almost kicked him out. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a, a real sliding doors moment for me. And, and of course, you know, the, the, the goal we conceded at the end was a dampener. Um, seeing a few people kind of lay the blame of that as Samba to me. For me, personally, if I'm a centre-back, I know that whatever happens, Bree Samba's coming out off his line. Mm. Whether he gets to it or not, I know what he's doing uh, and the defenders need to follow the man for me yeah. and not just not just count on Bree Samba doing something that he hasn't done all season, all game, all career. Yeah. So, you know, it was a dampener, but that takes us into the second leg, JJ. Just, just before we get into that, you know, I want to point out, it was a bit of a dampener, but we've got to remember big moments in that game 
Sam Sorridge heading one off the line is is a giant moment. Um, mm-hmm. The the margins are so tight there. We we could have scored four or five. They could have scored another one quite easily, which would have changed the game. So, um, also you know, Keenan Davis back on the bench that psychologically felt massive at the time. I yeah. thought that possibly he was there just to scare them and he wasn't going to get on. Obviously, he came on and he is just Keenan Davis. He's incredible. So. Yeah, sorry, we'll move on to the second leg now. Um, But yeah, just unreal. For the second leg, before we start properly talking about it on the podcast, we did our classic thing of taking Jacob's phone out, trying to do a few voice recordings whilst we had a few beers. So we didn't manage to remember that many times. There's very uh, few of them. So we'll just roll them now and then we'll pick back up in a second. So let them roll. Joshua, as we cross Trent Bridge for the final time this season... What do you think the score is going to be? Beer's been flowing. The river looks like it's flowing, which is always good, I think, for a river. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit... I've had a few, which is good. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-0 Forest, and I hope it's 2-0 Forest. I'm don't, I want to avoid a, a cagey match. Team News has just been announced. It's an unchanged side, which I think is very good. Possibly would have started Davis, but I'll take storage any day. So I'm thinking 2-0. Jacob, what are you saying? Uh, for the sake of controversy, I'm going to say 3-0. It's not really controversial, that's better. Well, if anything, it could be. I'll take, I'll take three. I'll take, I'll three. take five. Um, I don't know, I, I feel very comfortable. I feel very comfortable. I feel sick. JJ, we're inside the world-famous city ground. This is the most nervous I've ever been in this ground. That includes other playoff games. Final thoughts. I don't know if you can hear me, but I'm f***ing nervous right now. This is the most nervous I've ever been. I just hope we do it. Whatever happens, I just hope we do it. Come on, you're in. You're in. JJ, I have absolutely not a f***ing clue what we've just watched. Talk to me. We've just watched penalty shootout directly in front of us. The fireworks are going off. Huddersfield away at Wembley. The Reds are going up. I generally can't comprehend what I've just seen. Bree Samba just saved three penalties. This might be the best moment in my goddamn life. So that was our drunken recordings from um, the, the after the second leg against Sheffield United. I think you can tell by that last recording that we were clearly a bit excited. Um, but let's let's dive into it, shall we? Let's talk about this properly because that obviously wasn't the uh, most sober insight in the world. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I thought it was a very even, a very perfect second leg first half. Um. I can't say any more than that, really. It's just, you know, we we control what we could control. We, you know, we hashtag TM rode the lightning, um, scored a wonderful goal. I don't think that through ball from McKenna gets spoke about enough. We were sat in Upper Bridgeford and we sat right behind it and I think we both gasped. It was that good. Uh, the ball across from Sam Surridge, perfect. The finish from Brennan Johnson couldn't be more perfect. Um, I, I just, you know... Aside, you know, maybe we could have carved out a chance or two more, but yeah, I just think it was the perfect first half. My only, my only qualm with that first half is it was it ended very much a contain them, get out. It felt like the second end of the second half, if you know what I mean. And I always worry with teams that try and close games out is that if if you do concede that goal, it's very hard to pick yourselves back up again from a slow pace. I, I always prefer, you know, let's let's play exactly the same way. The best 
the best way to to defend a one goal lead is to make it a two goal lead, in my opinion, uh, and and so on. And I just I just think we didn't we didn't pick it, you know. And, and then you know, it could kind of leads into the start of the second half where they come straight out and within seventy seconds score an equaliser. And I just think from that point we've ended the first half so defensively, so like so and like in a good way. It's just as soon as that goal goes in, all that hard work was for nothing. And it just it becomes very very hard to turn that turn that tide. Yeah, I think uh, you know Steve Cook did an interview straight after and said how he felt like it the the sort of most of that game was hell, like his legs had gone. Um, obviously, Sheffield United did a very good job of coming back. Um, Brees Samba made some incredible saves to keep us in it, um, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, we won't dwell on their goals too much. It, it happened. Um, it felt. It felt like a proper kick, kick in the gut um, when they did score. But in my time supporting Forest, in my time going to the city ground, I generally don't think I've heard it as loud as it was when we'd conceded their second goal on the night to make it 3-3. It's 75, 80 minutes, whenever it was, when the entire crowd would get behind Forest, it felt really special. Um, I think... It felt it felt quite frustrating at the time. You know, there's a bit of tension. It's like, oh, we're going to do a typical forest. Have we bottled it again? What's happening? Because we felt so comfortable after the first leg. Um, it just felt weird. And I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> extra time, I, I can't really remember anything about it just because I felt so tense, um, so worked up and... You know, I don't know if you've got anything that you need, want to say about extra time. The only thing I've really got to say is the save that Samba made just sort of before it ended oh, was Jesus, yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah. I think, but before I go into that, sorry, just to digress back, uh, Keenan Day was coming on. I think he dragged us over the line to get to the penalties. I think without him coming on and playing the way he did, I think he dismantled them. He ran at them. He drove the ball. He got us that foothold on the game. He was incredible. So hats off to Keenan Davis. I think he he got us over the line himself. Bree Samba certainly made sure we were over that line because that save is world class. It it really yeah. is. Yeah, I, I I think in extra time, you know, a bit what I was talking about earlier around the um, about the change of the tires thing. I thought we controlled extra time throughout. Apart from the, you know, that one chance at the end, some makes the unreal save, and even that goes in our favour. Mm. I just think we we controlled extra time so well. You could tell that, that they were kind tired. Of, kind of t- and I they think were tired. They, 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 the, yeah, there was it was quite a, yeah. a turning point. Yeah, they were spent. They. I just think. Yeah, we 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 did we played extra time really well. We kind of calmed it down. Kept the ball, created a couple of chances. Joe Lolly's really unlucky with slipping with that one-two with Brennan Johnson. Um, yeah, and I just think you know, I thought we were in a really good place mentally going into the penalty shootout. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. I felt relieved when we got to penalty shootout because you know mm-hmm. it's a it's a toss of a coin. We've still got a chance there. Um, it, it, where we were sat, the penalty shootout happened in front of us, um, and mm-hmm. I just had my arms around my mom and you and I was I was shaking because I was so nervous because of how much road on it but at the same time like I think I said before uh, I think I said in, uh, extra time when I was being quite dramatic because you know we weren't winning I think I turned to you and I said if this goes to penalties Brees Samba doesn't save one because I was being a bit mardy 
But yeah. when it actually happened, it just <laughs> felt it when the penalty shootout was about to happen, it just felt like something special was coming, you know. You could see him taking his time to get to his line. He was hugging each Forest player. He made sure that he was talking less to the ref. He was time-wasting. You know, Norwood was there with the penalty on the penalty spot for a long time, uh, a very yeah, long was, time. Yeah. And I think that's going to be, I think possibly he went really early just to make sure he didn't have that awkward walk, but I don't think that did him any favours. Um, no, I, I, if it was me, I'd always be, I'd already be, I'd always be on the halfway line. Yeah. Making the keeper wait type thing. And I, I yeah, just think I, I, there's a mental battle that Bree Samba, the whole, we'll, we'll obviously we'll go through what happened, but the whole thing from the end of extra time to the, the end of the penalty shootout, Bree Samba, it was in his, it was literally in the palm of his hand. He controlled that so well. We've seen the bottle, the preparation for it all. And you could tell he was the coolest, calmest person in that ground. Um, the first penalty save, I think I'm I'm a six foot two, very heavy man, quite fat. I found myself <laughs> very lifted. very heavy man. <laughs> I found myself lifted a few feet into the air by you when he saved that first penalty. Yeah, um, unbelievable. But the real one that we need to speak about is that second save. Yeah, I mean, I mean, going into the penalty shootout, I like I I think Bruce Sanders saved a, a, a decent decent percentage of the ones faced him uh, for Forest. Yeah. Uh, and I was quietly confident. Um, and obviously it turns out that it's that kind of, that kind of inner piece that, you know, he knows where he's going to go because it's written on his fucking bottle. Um, and, and that kind of being inside him, you know, whether, it, whether they might all change their minds, they might all do something different to what they usually do. But, you know, he knows where he's going to go for it. So he's comfortable type of thing. Mm. And the first, but the first one saved, um, there's that statistic running through my head that, the team that usually misses first wins because they they have they concentrate much more on the next penalties, um, uh, but then when he saves the second penalty, like without wanting to say it out loud, in my head we're going to Wembley. The the and balls it, to stand there in the middle, because if he slots at either yeah. side, Brisamba looks an idiot because he yeah. just puts either side of him and he hasn't moved. The, you know, the balls to sit there, to stand there, stand still, but have the reaction time to get a hand up and have a strong enough yeah. hand to tip it to the crossbar is ridiculous. Because yeah. um, I, I didn't realise that it hit the crossbar until I watched it back later on. I thought yeah. he just flicked it, flicked it forward. Uh, but off the crossbars, it's just, it didn't move. He knew what was coming and it's just, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. the, you know, the forest, the first three part of forest penalties were, uh, you know, Really good. Uh, even with Cafu's one, went straight down the middle. That um, Fotheringham got a hand to hit it hard. It was yeah, the, hit it that uh, hard. As, it's going as, in. As, as you know, you guys know, it's my my favourite penalty of all time was the David Beckham against Argentina in two thousand two. Uh, it was that kind of penalty. Um, and then you know, gets to Joe Lolly. I'm not gonna lie. I did. I wasn't confident when Jelly stepped up just because of the way he slipped in the, in the sec, for that one-two yeah. in the second half of extra time. Um, he's been putting a lot of effort in. I think he's probably got that thing where you know when you're trying too hard mm. to make things happen because he has been injured. He's trying to get back in the team, etc. And I just think he's to try and relax a bit more. But yeah, he, the way he hit the ball, I, I, yeah, it just wasn't a huge surprise that he missed. Yeah. Uh, and then upstairs, Morgan gives white and. 
you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's 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 played really. You think he's, he's, incre- he's incredible player. player. He's an incredible player, fantastic player. He's probably the kind of player that if we were to go up, we should be looking at. Mm. Um, you know, imagine him and Zinchenko in a rotation behind the strikers. That'd be fantastic. But you know, he, he the way he's, you know, it's just Samba again. He knew where he was going. Didn't didn't bother looking at the feints, the stutters, the steps, nothing like that. He knew where he was going. He stuck with it. He saved it, and we all went crazy. And I just, you know, seeing all the fans on the pitch, you know, all that nonsense was pretty sharp. Like, I'm going to categorically stay right now. What an absolute prick. Yeah. Let, let's not was. give him like, any fucking... He's, he, yeah, no, right, he's already in jail. Job done. That's what we know. We can ignore that now. But seeing all those fans on the pitch, all the flares, the smoke grenades, you know, everyone just being so happy. I just, yeah, I think there's a there's a huge thing being lost at the minute in in all the media around the fans going on the pitch, and these people are doing these things because they're idiots, they're fools, you know, and it shouldn't happen, and the players should be off the pitch, and you know, they're, they're, there's going to be better ways of handling it, and, and you know, whatever happens in the future happens, but or you know, there was ten probably ten thousand fans on the pitch at, at the city ground, and, and you know, all but one were thrilled and happy and. Yeah, I just think it. I, I think it was lovely to see, and I, I just, you know, yeah. I understand why they didn't play. They just can't get enough and all that because they, you know, you know, theoretically everyone should have got a thousand pound fine and things like that. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic, and I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I struggled to, I struggled to put into words how I felt that night. Yeah, we're walking out of the ground. You know, we obviously straight after it happened, the celebrations were incredible. I, mm. I felt I, I, just, I can't. I can't describe the feeling. I really can't walking out of the ground, you know, around the ground, everybody was buzzing. Everyone was cheering. Everybody was celebrating. Everybody was hugging. The fireworks were obviously going off. Um, cars were going past. They were pumping out. I just can't get enough several times. Um, <clears throat> really is, really was incredible. Um, I'd, I've never seen Nottingham like that. I've never felt anything like that. It, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I, I really do struggle to put into words what it felt. And since that, like, that was a week ago now, mm-hmm. it's all I thought about. It's looking forward to Sunday is all I thought about. Yeah. I can barely sleep thinking about it. It The impact it has on your life is just incredible. So I literally, as soppy as it sounds, you know, couldn't be more grateful to this team and Steve Cooper for, for giving us that feeling and just sheer jubilation. Yeah, uh, and you know we're gonna we're gonna preview the final. I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of cover it off real quick. But I, I just want to say now, before anything happens on Sunday, and I, I don't want to sound defeatist or anything like that, but you know whatever happens in that final on Sunday, whatever will be will be, whatever will be will be. But you know we didn't win a game for the first seven games. So that's twenty-one points maximum. I think we had maybe two points. Oh, we had so one, we had one it, point. It was a draw against one point. Derby. It was against Derby, wasn't it? One one point against Derby, yeah. So we we dropped twenty points in the first seven games of the season. The highest the team has ever finished with that start to a season was fourteenth. We on Sunday are in the playoff final. Yeah, that <laughs> is a win in anybody's book. Absolutely. And before we talk about the final, I've got a really quick thing to share with you, which was mentioned by David Johnson um, on the Gary Body Red podcast, which I think is exceptional. At the end of the game, um, Steve Cooper pulled up Joe Worrell, Ryan Yates and Brendan Johnson to do a speech to the to the team. Um, they he essentially said, you're Nottingham, tell, the, tell them how much this means to you. 
Joe Worrell, when he started doing his speech, started crying and essentially said, you don't understand like how much this means to me, my family, people of Nottingham. And he started crying and he said that really resonated with the, the squad, which I just think is, you know, when you've got people like that, that are the heartbeat of the team that represent Nottingham and the team it is truly exceptional. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I just think it's an incredible story. Yeah. Listen to the podcast, obviously, just unbelievable. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a little trip to go to on, on Sunday, don't we? Yes, we do. To North London, to Wembley. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction. I don't think we should make a prediction out of this game because I, I think it's one of them ones It's kind of like a derby day. I think all bets are off. Um, one game, isn't it? It's one game. Anything can happen. It's one game. Anything can happen. Um, all I know is is that if that team turn up, the team that played Leicester, the team that, the team that took Liverpool... To, to, to force Liverpool into an offside 1-0 win. Um, the team that beat Fulham away, the team that has turned, almost feels like turned a whole town around, yeah. turns up on Sunday, something magic can happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're, we're going to Wembley to watch Forest. Um, I've never been to Wembley before. I was saving it to watch Forest. No. It's my first time. Um I didn't think it would take quite this long. Um, we got tickets just by, by the way. I know a few people out there might be a bit upset that they yeah. didn't, but, you know, as it stands today at the time of recording, the club has announced that we sold out our allocation. Whether we get more or not is left to be seen. Got to hope. Um, got to hope. But, you know, 37,000 Forest fans is going to be an incredible atmosphere. Um, whatever happens, it's a win in my eyes. Let's not underestimate Huddersfield either. Let's not go into it cocky and confident that it's job done. No, no, no. They finished no, third. Not. They've been incredible themselves. You know, yeah. no one's an underdog here. It's just two very good teams. Um, yeah. I think odds odds are in our favour if you're looking at bookies. Don't, don't that get that. Mean anything. Don't get that. I think no. it, it's, it's half and half to me. It's a flip of a coin. One game, yeah. but how proud are we going to be being at Wembley? I've, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying, I hope that we do it. I really do, but all in all, my just thoughts and feelings is that I'm just going to be so happy to be there. Um, yeah. Please, God, let us do it. Um, yeah. But with that, I think, unless you've got anything else to say about the final, Jacob, I think we should leave well, it short and sweet. Yeah. I think, I think it's, yeah, I think that's, I can't, I don't think we can say anything more than that. Let's yeah. not do predictions or anything like that. Um, we're going to do the outro a little different this week. Um, we've asked, have uh, you know any listeners, any friends, any family uh, to send us uh, videos and voice recordings of of what it means for Forest to get to the playoff final? So uh, run VT and uh, hopefully see any of you on Sunday at Wembley. Uh, come up, give us a shout, give us a nudge. We'll probably do some voice recordings and that. And uh, I suppose most importantly, JJ, you Reds, you Reds, see you on the other side, you Reds. Hi, my name's Phil. I've been a Forest fan all my life. I grew up next to the Forest ground. Um, Forest has always been a playing ground for me and my friends growing up in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, I lived abroad uh, for 20 years. I left Nottingham in 1988 and went and lived in Europe uh, for 20 years. So I missed out on the 1991 FA Cup final against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, so for me, this coming Sunday to see my beloved Forest in the playoff final, playing at Wembley, means so, 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 so much for me. It's going to be emotional. Um, the last time I was at Wembley watching Forest play, 
I was only 15 years old uh, when we played against Wolverhampton Wanderers in the League Cup final and we got beat 1-0 and that's the last time I went there. Now I'm 58 years old, so this means so much for me. Um, it could be the last time, you know, I'm ever, I may, may never ever see this again. So, yeah, um, looking forward to um, Sunday. Nervous, very nervous, but I think we can do this. And hopefully Forrest going to be back where they belong next season, playing against all the big boys. Come on, you Reds. Hello, everybody. Uh, just been asked to give some thoughts on Forrest uh, getting to a playoff final. Um, what does it mean to me? Uh, it's just incredible, really. Having seen, you know, I'm 60 years old, having seen European Cup days, the second division days before that, uh, it's just fantastic. The city's gone mad. Um, I'm lucky enough, hopefully, to have a ticket for the final, and um, we'll all be going down there, and it's um. It's really good. Uh, one of the things I like, I've been watching some stuff on YouTube and lots of other clubs have commented on, you know, Forrest being a premiership side. It's, it will be good to have Forrest back in the premiership. And I can't agree more, especially when you've got teams like Burnley and, and things like that, in my opinion. I know they get to the premiership on merit, but they're never premiership clubs. So hopefully all being well, we'll have a great day on Sunday at Wembley. And... Uh, Hopefully, a lot of young people. I think you've got to be under th over thirty now to see Forest win anything, and um, I hope they're all going to get that pleasure next year or next season. Should I say to see Spurs, Liverpool, etc., etc. So come on, Forest. Good luck, and we'll see you on Sunday. Hey, up, lads. Are you both good? Um, what does Wembley mean to me? Uh, well, I've I've waited my entire life to um, go to Wembley to. Well, to see Forest, but I've always had been offered tickets to England, to other games, but I've always waited and waited and waited. So this is literally a bucket list thing for me, and I just hope the boys can pull it off. But then at the same time, like who'd have thought we'd have we'd have been here after the first couple of months of the season? Like it's testament to what an unbelievable job Cooper's done, but also the the resilience of the team. Like there's there's a lot of teams and players that could have let that start to the season completely right off the rest of it. So the fact that they haven't is just testament to the group of players that we've got. So congratulations on another successful season of the podcast. Shame it's a bit shit now I'm not there, but uh, looking forward to having a few beers with you. Well, a lot of beers with you at Wembley on Sunday. Come on, you Reds. All right, boys, it's Pucko here. Well, didn't know we'll be saying this at the beginning of the season, but we're off to Wembley. Extremely nervous, but pretty confident we'll get the job done. Come on, you Reddens. Hi everyone, I missed rolling in. So, thoughts for this week. Completely surreal. Can't believe we're there, particularly given where we've come from at the start of the season. And we must never forget that. Feelings? Absolutely cacking it. There's far too much at stake for one football match. It's ridiculous. Uh, but also gutted I can't be there because we're on uh, a family holiday. So I'll be watching from Spain. But I am old enough to remember when Forrest uh, won at Wembley. And prediction? Well, if we turn up, as we can do, we'll win. If we turn up. So let's hope we do. Come on, you Reds. I think win or lose, this is exactly what the city and its people needed, to be honest. Um, speaking for myself, I'd kind of fallen out of love with football in general, if I'm if I'm honest. Um, during COVID, when there was no fans in the stadium and stuff, it's taken me a while to get back into it. So the success that Cooper and Forrest have had this season has certainly helped 
my interest, not to sound like a plastic, but it certainly accelerated my, me regaining an interest in football. Um, and obviously, you know, every city and Nottingham's no different has been down in the dumps the last couple of years. So it's nice to have something positive finally. I think it's the first time we can feel truly, truly proud of the team since the Billy Davies days. And the fact that we've got a spine made up of homegrown players in Worrell, Yates and Johnson makes that even sweeter. Um, and it really feels like something the city can be proud of rather than just the club. So, yeah, win or lose, proud of the boys. You Reds. What Forest means to me being in the playoffs? Well, uh, it's my son's second birthday on Sunday and I was willing to miss that to go to Wembley and uh, watch Forest. But uh, K Sarah Sarah, I didn't get a ticket. And uh, I've been watching it at home. But uh, yeah, it means everything. City, City's doing amazing. You just have to tell by the uh, Forza Garibaldi displays. City ground's never been rocking like that. And uh, yeah, all the reds. Coming out of the Borough game, I actually uttered the words, that's it, I'm not spending another penny on that club while he's in charge. The football was just so dire. And the fact that my best man from my wedding is a Borough fan is a fixture that's very important in my social circles. But fast forward only a couple of weeks and the whole dynamic of the team had changed with pretty much the same players being selected. But it truly looked like the shackles had come off and the players could express themselves. Yates was suddenly allowed over the halfway line and looked like a true box-to-box player, even chipping in with some vital goals. The second coming had truly arrived in the form of Steve Cooper. The only thing missing is a green jumper. If someone had said to me on that chilly September evening after the Borough game that in May we would all be panicking about how we're going to get tickets for Wembley, I would have said they needed sectioning. But here we are looking forward to a massive day out under the arch, 90 minutes from Premier League football. The fact that my best friend from school is flying in from America to watch the game is a massive bonus. As for the game on Sunday, it's truly going to be a great experience. If we can perform like we did in the first leg against Sheffield United, then we shouldn't have anything to worry about. But this is football. Anything can happen. Fingers crossed that at the final whistle, we can be the ones proper celebrating as watching another bunch of fans celebrating must be one of the worst feelings ever. But as we have learnt this season in Cooper, we trust. So come on, you Reds. Fingers crossed for Premier League football next season. After 23 years away, exactly half my life, the time is right. One more push, boys. The dream can be real. P.S. Boys, thanks for sporadically keeping us entertained this season with your views and your man crushes on Mr McKenna. Well, after 30 years of waiting, uh, we're really close to Wembley. Um, can't wait. Really, really look forward to it. Um, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be, there's going to be lots of beer involved. It's going to be brilliant. Um, still recovering from Tuesday. What a night. In all the years of being a Forest fan, I've never experienced an atmosphere like that. The fans were right behind the team when they needed it. The atmosphere, the, the noise, the noise when Samba saved that last penalty was incredible. What a night. But we've achieved nothing yet, and it's all about um, Sunday, Sunday at Wembley. So um, I'm a bit nervous, but I think we're going to do it. I honestly think we're going to do it. The repercussions on missing out on this is massive. Now, if we go up, if we get promoted on Sunday, 
it's worth 180 million to the club. And I think Marinakis, Dave Murphy and everyone else, um, will really take advantage of that. Um, I think we'd keep Cooper, done an amazing job at Forest. You know, there's lots of teams that would want him at their club. And, um, you know, it all hinges on Sunday's result, basically. It's a massive, massive game in the history of Nottingham Forest. Um, but like I say, quietly confident, and you never know, we could be parching, celebrating, painting London red and white on Sunday night. Fingers crossed. So it all comes down to this. Um, the season has been absolutely remarkable. The players have achieved so much when in the beginning it looked pretty grim. Um, the players can hold their heads up high and give themselves a massive pat on the back already for doing everyone proud. However, there is still a job to be done. Um, in terms of the game, looking back at how they've performed against Huddersfield, you know, results-wise, league win away, a league loss at home, a cup win at home. Um, so we have already beaten them twice this season. Um, it's probably the biggest game that Forest have had in a while. Uh, one game to decide everything. I honestly think Forest are going to win comfortably 2-0. Um, the, the team is just something else at the moment and I think they're going to do it. Come on, you Reds. So what the playoff finals means to me is it's just amazing. Since Steve Cooper taking over, there's just a, a different belief, a different atmosphere. And from where we was to where we are now and the potential for premiership football, there's only one thing to be said, and it's, he's a super Cooper, loves a Gary Boldy. Forest having fun. Cooper's number one. Take us back where we belong. Forest being in the playoff final and on the verge of the Premiership is incredible. I can remember going to Swindon away in the League One days in a stand uncovered, chucking it down. What a horrible day. And now, after all the years of heartache in the semi-finals, we're finally at a final and to get to the Premier League will be absolutely massive. Come on, you Reds.